Uh, so, how, how is everybody doing? How is everybody doing? You're doing well? Yeah? You've got big Father's Day plans? Kim, did you do something nice for Robert? Oh, that's so sweet. Food? Drinking. Drinking. That was, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wait, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, being a father is a big job. Um, thank you guys for all you do, for um, looking out, for teaching, for taking care of, and guiding and loving uh, your, your wife and your children and your families. Thank you for that. So um, how, how are you doing as far as like um, the, the world? Like any, any anxiety, any uh, tension, any stress the past couple weeks or so? Anybody dealing with any sort of unrest, tension, frustration? Yeah, it's kind of a, I don't know if you know this, it seems like a kind of a crazy time to be alive in this world, doesn't it? It's like, uh, what, what's going on everywhere? Every day there's like a new, oh my gosh, this is the reality that we find ourselves living in. Um, but here's the thing. Things may be crazy, but you are still alive. You are here, and you woke up this morning, and there was breath in your lungs, and there was a beat in your heart, and that is a gift. Each day is a gift, regardless of what's happening in and around our world. You are alive and you are here. And I believe that there is good in you, and I believe that there is good in people, and I believe that there is good in the world. We just need to see and experience more of it. Yeah. So, uh, before I start preaching, this is not working. If anybody cares. So we are in week 10 of our series called Nothing Changes If Nothing Changes. And what we've been doing is looking at the spirituality and the theology of the 12 steps and uh, going through it and just kind of looking at how do we follow this path that leads to a lasting transformation. Uh, this week we are in week 10, which means we are on step 10. Before we get into step 10, I want to give you a couple updates about what's coming up in the realm of like sermons and talks and stuff. In three weeks, we'll begin a brand new series that we are calling Mind Over Matter. Uh, here's, here's what it's going to look like, Mind Over Matter. Bam! Uh, change your thoughts, change your life. It's going to be really good. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really excited for this. It runs about four weeks. I figured in the middle of everything that we're dealing with, like, this might be a pretty healthy thing to, like, look through. Like, how we think about things, how that affects how we think about things, and how that affects how we behave in, in the world we live in. Uh, and then after that, that'll get us to the end of summer. That's, so that's four weeks. Then uh, we're going to begin a series after that that I'm really excited. Both of these I'm, I'm pumped about. I can't wait. Uh, called A Better Way. And it's going to be a mountain, a message, and a movement. We'll be looking at the teachings of Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes and how what Jesus is doing with those is so powerful and it's so revolutionary. And I'm going to be honest with you, it may make you a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> so just as a heads up, about six something weeks from now, seven weeks from now, you may get uncomfortable. So if you experience that, just know that I warned you today. Okay, so I didn't see it coming. Yes, you did. You did six weeks ago. Okay, so step 10, step 10. Uh, here's what it says according to AA and according to um, Celebrate Recovery. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Uh, that's AA, Celebrate Recovery says it this way. We continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
It's the same, in case you're wondering. First uh, Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Be careful that you do not fall. Now, you may immediately have the thought, like, more inventory? <laughs> like, we got to keep going, checking in on the self. Like, how much more? Didn't we just do this? How much more do we have to keep doing? So what is this all about? Now, although this may seem similar to the stuff we've talked about, this is actually... Like, this is like the next step. This is a big deal. This is, this is elevating the self. This is, um, you're actually growing in wisdom and maturity. This is waking up for you. What, you see what happens sometimes, and the church does this. We, we, at least, I don't know how you grew up or whatever, but we're pretty good about keeping an eye on things within the self. I think sometimes we're, we're always looking for stuff, but I think sometimes depending on how you were taught about God and how God loves and who God is and what it means to follow God, you were taught this stuff. And so we check in on the self, but then we like keep tabs and it has this like very negative bent to the whole thing. We keep this, we keep doing the self-examination, but it's always like, here's the list of all the things I've done wrong. Here's what, here's how I've messed up. Here's why I'm a terrible person. Here's, and it has this very negative connotation to the whole thing. So we're, we're keeping an eye on it. We're monitoring the self, but it's always like, yeah, because I, I suck. And so because I suck, I need some help. And that, that's not this. Okay, this is like a different thing. Maybe you're familiar with that other way of thinking. Maybe you know people who, who that's kind of where they're at. That's Genesis 3 thinking. That's my primary identity is a sinner thinking. That's Not this. Chapter 10, or or, or step 10, is opposite. Chapter, it's not a chapter, step, week. Number 10 is is like, it's the power of the positive. It's having the goal ahead of you and making sure that you're in line with that. For example, Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like. And so, He's putting out this, this thing in front of us, this goal, this target. This is the way it should be. And so then we want to align ourselves up with that. Right? So it's this positive thing. In AA, they talk about it in light of what they call a vital spiritual experience. The vital spirit, it's this positive goal that you are pursuing. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, and it's not a threat. It's an invitation. It's it's a calling. It's, it's inducing this positive longing. Hey, this is the place you want to be. So when AA says vital spiritual experience, it's about the hope of something better. That's the place that I want to get to, right? And this is a big difference in how we think. This, this is a big difference in some of the other steps. And this is a critical component to your own personal growth. Because if you don't get this, if you don't understand that it's like uh, this, this positive direction and we're just doing some self-assessment along the way, then what, it can very easily backslide into the old way of thinking, into a very negative, into a very fear-driven, anxiety-driven way of being, where all you see is what's wrong and here's all the ways I've messed up and this is why I'm not good enough. And then we work ourselves into a place of not being enough ever. That's not this. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, we promptly admit it. So now, in order to like maybe wrap our minds around this a little bit better, I want to give you a few different like mental images, okay? I want to give you a few illustrations, a few stories, and hopefully this will help shape how we think and understand this whole thing. Okay, so here's the list for the rest of the sermon. Here's the, here's the outline in case you were wondering if you want to follow along. We're talking about radar, 
T-flats, which is Tijuana flats, in case you were wondering, dashboards, yoga, ice cube, the golden rule, and a good night's rest. Radar, T-flats, dashboard, yoga, ice cube, golden rule, and a good night's rest. So step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Okay, so maybe one way of, to think of the, about this whole thing is radar. Okay, what is radar? How does it work? You may be familiar with it. Radar is, is this detection system. It's, it's this thing that somebody invented. By the way, it's so crazy that people are, have this ability to think of it this way. Radar is an acronym. Uh, it stands for this, radio and detection and ranging. So it's sending out these electromagnetic waves, these radio waves. It's sending them out into a specific area, and then it's bouncing off things that are in that area, and those things are coming back, and then it has a receiver. You need a transmitter and a receiver. It transmits, and then it receives the radio waves that are coming back after it bounces off a particular object, and then it has the ability to calculate the distance and the location and the speed of this particular object. Right? That's, that's what radar does. Now, we use radar for all different kinds of things, um, like for weather, for defense system, for tracking, for airplanes, for all this stuff. But the question is, what is the purpose of the radar? What is the purpose of the radar? Whether we're talking about weather or tracking or whatever, what is the purpose? Isn't the ultimate purpose of radar the information? It's, it's giving us the information so that you can th see the things that are coming your way, so that you can see the things that are coming before they get to you. So if it's the weather radar, it lets us know that the hurricane is coming. That way we have enough time to prepare. That way we can adjust accordingly. That way we can get to the store and buy enough wine to get us through the power outages. Water, water I meant. Water. Uh, right? That's what the, when it comes to tracking, uh, like, like defense systems, they're tracking missiles or airplanes or things so that there can be some sort of action taken, that we can defend ourselves, so that we can respond appropriately. The point is that the radar is continually scanning and taking uh, pictures, taking snapshots, seeing what's out there, putting out feelers, transmitting and receiving so that there can be a continual stream of information so that anything that's heading your way can be dealt with appropriately and properly. So step 10, maybe a way we can think of it is like radar. It's like radar. We're sending out these pulses. We're sending out the, the, this, this, these radio waves to check in on the self. How am I doing? Is everything okay? How's, and we're keeping an eye on, is there a weather system popping up? Is, is there a, a, a heat-seeking missile headed my way? What? So I had a moment at Tijuana Flats this week. I went to Tijuana Flats for lunch. Um, and I was on the, my wife had called, I had forgotten my lunch, and so I got on the phone with my wife, I thought, I'll just drive somewhere and get lunch, and it'll be fine, and by the time I get there, I'll figure out what I want. So I drive there, and my car, t my car takes itself to Tijuana Flats, it was just headed that way. It was Taco Tuesday, it knew that there was a good deal happening, so it just went. So I get out of the car, I hang out with my wife, I get into Tijuana Flats, and it's packed, packed. I'm like, what is, I thought, aren't you guys supposed to be at home? Says the guy at the store, go home, all of you. Um, so there's a line out the door. I'm like, well, surely it won't take that long, you know. So I wait. I get my turn. I order my two taco special, right? It's not that hard. You're making these all day long. It's, I'm just getting a black bean tacos, two of them. Put them in a box so I can walk out. It takes 45 minutes 
By the time I order and wait and get my tacos and get out there, it's 45 minutes, and I'm not even eating there. That's just to get the stuff. And so I'm kind of pulling out my hair, and I sense myself getting very angry. And so I'm sitting there staring at my phone, and like, how long can I, do I, should I walk out? That'll teach them something. No, it won't, because you already paid, dummy. Like, that doesn't work. It's a bad system. So I'm sitting there, and then the ladies next to me on the table, they're not helping the situation, because they're like, they're being very loud and laughing a lot. Like, like they're having a good time, and I'm not, so... stop getting on my nerves. And then on top of that, they have food, so they're laughing and eating. And I'm just the guy sitting there for 45 minutes waiting on two tacos. I'm getting a little worked up in the moment. (laughs) And then it kind of occurs to me, why are you getting so worked up? Like, do you have someplace super important that you need to be? Like, is somebody going to die if you don't get back to the church in the next 15 to 20 minutes? Are you going to physically starve to death if you don't get the food? Like, maybe there's stuff you don't know about that's going on. Maybe there was a cook that didn't show up. Maybe somebody got sick. Maybe they're trying their best. Maybe th- and so, like, this thing popped up on my radar, right? This, this anger, this frustration, this... Uh, and so I started to like talk myself back down, back through it. Okay, I see this thing is coming. I see the hurricane is coming. And if I let it get here, it's going to get crazy. I'm going to yell at her and I'm probably going to take her tacos. I'm probably going to storm out, not even get my tacos that I paid for. So it's good, right? So it gave me the information. It says something's off, something's off, something off. Let's, let's take a breath. Let's assess. Let's, let's talk ourselves through this and see like, why are we really upset? Yeah, I kind of realized that maybe it wasn't that big a deal. It was mildly inconvenient. Oh, I hate those minor inconveniences. Aren't they the worst? Right, but do I need to get worked up about it? No. So step 10, continually be taking this inventory and make adjustments when, 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 as soon as you can when they come up. So this radar, I see the thing coming and I begin to adjust. Yeah, this, this leads us to uh, talking about dashboards. Maybe another thing, maybe a different way to think about it. You can think of it like a radar, or you can think of it like a dashboard. The dashboard, for those of you who don't know, it's the thing behind the steering wheel. Th- those flashing lights tell you stuff, right? It's not just ignore this. Like, it's not a test of how long can you ignore a thing. It's actually beneficial. So the dashboard, first of all, is not the car itself, okay? Which... You are not your feelings themselves. You are you. The feelings are indicators of other things. So the dashboard is the indicator of what's going on with the car. So you get in the car, you turn it on, what happens? All the lights flash, something comes up, it tells you, hey, the oil is low, the tire is low, whatever. You need to make some adjustments here, the batteries, and you deal with it. Unless you've got an old car like mine, then everything's just always on and you're not sure why. And you're just like, I think we can make it to the next spot. We should be fine. Um, but on, on, on decent cars, you turn the car on, the lights flash, and then they may show up, they may say something's wrong, or they may not, depending on how the car, the status of the car is doing. And the whole point of the, the dashboard is to give you information about the inner workings of the car. How is it going? Is everything okay? Now, when the light does come on, you have a choice. What will you do? Will you ignore it and just keep and go about your normal week and your normal day and then eventually let that lead to other problems, which will eventually break your car? Um, that's one way to go. I wouldn't recommend it. Or you can see the light and then you can begin to make plans to go, oh, well, this is, you assess, how urgent is this? Do I need to do this right now? Can I put this off to the weekend? Do I need to take care of it tonight? How do I find time? 
right? So you begin to assess what's going on with your dashboard. So you get in your car, turn it on. If everything lights off and then shuts off, hey, it's good. You move on to the next destination. If you get in the car, you turn on the keys, and then that one light stays on, you know, you've got you've to fix something. You've got to correct something. You've got to change whatever it is. You've got to stop and put air in the tires. It's pretty simple. I thought that was a pretty good analogy. It's just this simple self-assessment so that you can move forward. Again, this, is, um, this isn't checking in with the self to point out what's wrong with you. Oh, here's all the potential things that could go wrong. Here's what's wrong with me. Here's how I'm so messed up. No, no, this is, this is like, check it. We see where we're going. We see where we want to go. And then we fix along the way so that we can keep going. Right? This, is, this, is, this is like the elevation of a self. You realize, yes, there may be something off, but the quicker you adjust it, the quicker you can keep heading towards the goal. The kingdom of heaven is like, that's where I want to go. I want to head that way. So if I'm not in line with that, I want to adjust and get back on the path. What does that look like? So I had a dashboard moment with my kids uh, this couple, like two weeks ago. It's kind of ongoing, but we'll just pretend like it was only once last week. Um, so at night, my wife and I, we put our kids to bed, and then typically what we do is we will take some time, we'll do like a little 20-minute, 30-minute yoga session. My wife and I, we started doing this. We stretch, we breathe. It's a very nice way to relax at the end of the day. The kids are in bed. We can kind of decompress, de- you know, not decompose. That's not the right word. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to decompose in that moment. We want to decompress. And so we just kind of calm. And then it makes, you know, it really has, it makes the, our evening very peaceful. And then like sometimes we even have discussions about things that normally we might be, there might be some tension, but we're, we're just very calm and it's a very nice evening. And it's a very nice way to kind of wrap up your day, get, wipe the day off of you. So when Jess is there, we'll do like a 20, 30 minute little yoga thing. If Jess isn't there, I'll, I will occasionally do like a longer one because I'm like, what else do I have to do, right? Watch Netflix or something. So I'm going to do like an hour long, 45 minute hour long yoga. And what I like to do is it's called yin yoga. So it's this very like, it's a very slow stretching. It's breathing and stretching and you hold a posture for like three or four minutes and like it hurts, but it's a good hurt and you know, whatever. So in the middle of doing this, um, the, other, the other week, Elias, our, he's, he's been having trouble staying in bed. And so I'll be from the whatever time they're supposed to go to bed. And then I'll go do my yoga and it'll be like 45 minutes in and I'll be feeling very calm and very peaceful and then I'll hear the sliding door open from the kid's side of the house whatever and, I'll hear, and then you'll hear dad and I'm like oh my gosh this kid and I just need some water and I'm like first of all that's a scam you don't really need water you have water and also you have ice water which I don't know why you think you require ice water at bedtime you're not running a marathon you're going to bed you just need a sip but okay I'll give you a thermos of ice water whatever so he didn't get enough water, so he needed some more water. And so I get very frustrated because I'm in the middle of my peace zone, my bubble of peace. And so he comes out, and I'm like, what do you think you're doing? You better get yourself back in bed. Don't you understand your dad is trying to be peaceful? Do you not like peace? Are you a peace ruiner? Get in your bed. <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to. So I realized after like the second night, I was like, this is probably not good. Like, I, I'm going from, like, pretending to be Zen master to, like, the Incredible Hulk in, like, three seconds, right? And it, like, totally defeats the whole thing that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to de- decompress and relax and calm down. And so finally, it, like, it occurred to me, this isn't the proper thing to do. So the following night, uh, I'm doing my stuff, and then I hear the door open, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, 
me in this moment. So he opens the door, asks for water. I'm like, Elias. And then it just kind of, it was like the dashboard light went on. The lights went on. Dude, something's wrong. Something's off. Something's off. What are you doing? And it became this little indicator. Like, dude, you, this is not right. You shouldn't be handling, like, take, take three minutes, address the kid's need, you know, like calm him. There's something obviously going on, even if it's just a phase, whatever. Give him the time. Give him the space. So, so I did. I, I, call, I, I started with a yell. I caught myself. The dashboard lights went on, and then I went, no, okay, get up. So I got up. I went to him, and I said, hey, buddy, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? Can I help you? What's, oh, I need some water. Okay, well, here's the thing. You were supposed to be in bed an hour ago, so you should be asleep right now. I love you very much, but this is, you're, you're going to get up cranky. This is going to cause problems, so I need you to stay in your bed. Like for both of us, I need you to stay in your bed. Okay, Daddy, I'm sorry. And he goes back to bed, right? But it was this, this like, plus it's like the, the, the irony of the guy trying to do yoga, screaming at his kids for interrupting the calm, <laughs> Right? So this little dashboard is going on. It's alerting me to, oh, dude, you got you to pay attention. You got to think through this. this is, there is air that's drained out of your tire, and you need to pull over and fill them up. So that's what I tried to do, right? So maybe step 10, you can think of it like radar. You can think of it like this dashboard. It's these indicators. This, of course, leads us to ice cube. Not as in ice cubes, like stuff you put in your drinks, but as in the gangster rapper, ice cube. Uh, ice cube, do you know this guy? Uh, so he made a name for himself in the late 80s, early 90s in, in, the, in the realm of rap. I uh, grew up in, in California. And so a lot of what he rapped about was what it was like to grow up as a young black man in, in, in America. And so, you know, it's very explicit. I'm not recommending you go buy the albums or anything. Um, but he made a name for himself doing that. And then later on, he went on to do movies. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know this. He's uh, in like 30 years, he's done like 40 movies. It's really incredible. Like, and when I, when I see Ice Cube, I'm like, I got a lot of respect for that guy because of how he's walked through his life, how he's done what he's done, and then come to the place where he started to where he is now. It's really, really impressive to me. And I've just always been like, wow, that guy's, that guy's pretty cool. Um, so in the, in the 90s, he put out an album called The Predator. And on The Predator album was a particular song called Check Yourself. Right now, again, I'm not saying go buy it. It's got explicit language. I'm just saying he does have wisdom, a lot of wisdom in the hook of the song. So I want to show you the hook of the song, and then I want to read it as a white preacher can. Um, so give me some grace and mercy here, but I want to read this to you, and I want you to listen to the wisdom of Ice Cube. All right, so here's how it goes. So come on and chickadee check yourself. Before you wreck yourself, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Pretty good, right? Yeah, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, our, the beloved Ice Cube here, he speaks in this lyric, I believe, what is the heart and the wisdom of step 10. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Continue to take personal inventory, check yourself. And then make amends, make adjustments, promptly admit you were wrong before it gets any further. Yourself. The, the beauty of the line, especially in light of step 10, that there, there's not really any way or need to expand upon the thought. 
Like, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. It's actually really quite wise as far as how we think through this. Uh, Check yourself before you wreck yourself. In fact, the Bible actually lines up with a lot of what St. Cube says. Here's a few passages. Let me show you these. Take a look at this. Ephesians 5, 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. That's what he was saying in Ephesians. Proverbs 22, 3. The prudent see danger and take refuge. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. The simple keep going and they pay the penalty. They did not check themselves, therefore they wrecked themselves. They paid the penalty. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. Check yourself before you, you see what I'm saying? He was on to some stuff. It was like he was taking it straight out of the Bible, right? So whether you're thinking in terms of radar or you're thinking in terms of dashboard or you're thinking in terms in the wisdom of Ice Cube, the thoughts are all the same when it comes to step 10. This is this ongoing continual call and response, this ongoing checking in so that when you see something is on the radar, when you see something lighting up on the dashboard, you deal with that thing, with that feeling, with that emotion, with that triggered response quickly so that it doesn't end up sitting within you, so it doesn't fester within you, so it doesn't grow like a cancer within you, so that you don't wreck yourself. Uh, Now, the golden rule. Luke chapter 6, verse 31 gives us the golden rule. You may be familiar with this. Do to others as you would have them do to you. We know this verse. You're probably familiar with this. You've heard it. You've taught it to your kids. You've said it a time or a thousand times. You've thought it. Uh, here's the thing about this verse. I think we know this verse. I think we think through this verse. I'm not actually sure that we live out this verse. And you may immediately say, yes, I do, Seth. I do that all the time. Okay, great. You're better than all of us. You should teach the class. But maybe, let me ask a question. Um, did you, by chance, like openly criticize anyone this week? Did you uh, post anything like in social media that would like insinuate how right you are and how wrong everyone else is? Um, Did you uh, like maybe even say some things that were less than positive about somebody when somebody wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I can tell you, maybe this is just me, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can relate. I don't like to be talked about negatively. Is that, is that just me? Um, I don't like to be talked about negatively by groups of people. What, and, and that's a thing that's happened. That, that happens to me specifically. And, and I can tell you, I don't like it. It hurts my feelings. I'm fairly sensitive. I don't, I don't like it if people are talking about me when I'm not around to defend myself, that sort of thing. So if that's how I feel about myself then why would I do that to others? Right? I think we talk about this verse, we think about this verse, it's a great idea, but I'm not sure, like in practicality, if we actually do this. Because what I want, what, the way that I would want to be treated is I would want to be treated with love and respect and grace and mercy by all of you. Yeah, 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 which means then I should be treating each one of you with love and mercy and respect and love. Yeah, but... What we so often do is immediately, if somebody's opposed to us, we blast them with what we think is right. And, and a lot of times, it seems to be lacking that element of 
love. So let me show you the rest of this verse leading up to this, up to that passage, and show you why this stuff that Jesus talks about is so difficult. Check this out, Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, and that's a big statement right there. That could be like a whole sermon, to you who are listening. Not everybody's listening, by the way. The question for us is, will you listen? Because this is heavy stuff. This is deep stuff. This is, this is, getting, this is getting somewhere. Watch this. Watch what he says. Okay. Uh, love your enemy. I mean, if you just took each one of these and broke this verse down by section by section, and we were like, hey, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave this church today, and you're going to go practice this, and then once you get this right, then we'll come back. We might not ever see each other again. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, keep going. Watch this. Watch. Love your enemy. It's so difficult. Do good to those who hate you. Why? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If somebody takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. You see, the reason this is so difficult is because all of these things, they require patience, they require caring, they require calmness, they require compassion, they require mercy, they require grace, they require love. In each one of these things, there are, different, there are two different ways to respond. There's the way that you might naturally want to respond, and then there's the way that Jesus invites you to respond. These are often different, and one is much harder than the other. Jesus in this thing is inviting us to keep an eye on the radar, to keep an eye on the dashboard, to continually check ourselves so that we do not wreck ourselves. Think about what he's asking. Somebody curses you. Somebody curses at you. How do you normally want to respond? I got one sign for you, bud. Yeah. I got a few words for you. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Bless them. By the way, how, <laughs> next time somebody curses at you or curses, I haven't been cursed. There's a long time since I've seen a witch that like put a hex on me or something. But if somebody curses, we'll talk about cursing at you. Um, like imagine if somebody's really coming at you about something and instead of like, like defending the self and puffing up and you can't talk. What if you just like, you have to do it sincerely or it doesn't work. What if you can sincerely see through whatever they're throwing at you and you were like, you know what? May God bless you today, right? <laughs> hey, listen, I pray for God's blessings upon you and your family. Sincerely from the bottom of my heart, I hope it goes well. Like how tripped out would somebody be in that moment? Like, Yo, don't put that, what are you doing? Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. You know, like, keep that over there. Like, but this is difficult stuff. What, what, what's some of this other stuff? Uh, if, if somebody uh, mistreats you, what do you do? Well, you want to get loud? You want to say something? You want to give them a peace of mind? You want to fight back? Jesus says, no, the way that you want to respond is not how you should respond. When somebody mistreats you, pray for them. So when somebody mistreats you, that, that thing that's bubbling up, that's the radar. That's, that's the dashboard saying, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to have to make a choice here. Like, if you want to prevent, like, further destruction, you need to pause in this moment and say, you know what, let me, let me pray for you. Is that, is that your natural response? 
When you see something on the news that irritates you, when you come across a situation in real life that bothers you, good thing. All this stuff is so crazy. Um, uh, someone takes something from you that's not, your, that's not theirs. Don't demand it back. Wait, what? What? I had a guy steal a motorcycle out of my garage in, Noc- in Nashville. Should I just leave it? I ran through the... <laughs> Never mind, that's a different story. Just leave it? Uh, yeah. Oh, when somebody asks something from you, give to whoever asks from you. No, 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 Seth, I'm supposed to save and collect and make a pile in my bank account. It's about what I could have for later. He says, no, give to, give to anyone who asks of you. This is the teachings of Jesus. By the way, um, can I get 20 bucks <laughs> while we're at it? Jesus talks about giving to whoever asks of you. I'm asking for 20 bucks. That's all. It's not much. Just see me afterwards. This is tough. The teachings of Jesus continue. They, they, they require continued examination of the consciousness. They require continued examination of the ego. Continued examination of the motives. Continued examination of my responses. A continuing to check our posture. To check myself. This is important. It's important because not only will it help you to live a better life, like it leads, it leads to a better you, which leads to a better life, which leads to actually a better world. When you embrace the golden rule, right, this, is a, this helps lead to a better world. Step 10, like make the assessment, make the, see the thing that's coming, and then adjust accordingly. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This leads us, of course, to a good night's rest. In the material for the AA stuff, in chapter 10, uh, in the last like, paragraph and a half, I want to I read you from the actual curriculum. It's, it's really, really good uh, and obviously in line with what we're talking because this is the material. <clears throat> um, it says, learning daily to spot, admit, and correct these flaws is the essence of character building and good living. Right, so the assessment, the radar, the dashboard, checking yourself. This is the, uh, the essence of character building and good living. You're learning to adjust. You're, you're seeing the goal and you're wanting to uh, fall in line with it. An honest regret for harms done, a sincerity there. A genuine gratitude for blessings received, this gratefulness. And a willingness to try for better things tomorrow will be the permanent assets we shall seek Having so considered our day, not omitting to take due note of things well done, and having searched our hearts with neither fear nor favor, we can truly thank God for the blessings we have received and sleep in good conscience. How good is that? How good is that? When you keep the radar on, when you're continually checking the dashboard, when you're continually checking yourself, openly, honestly, assessing. Then you address the issues, the wrongs, the harm you have done as quickly and as soon as possible. When you actually do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which I I assume again, is that I want to be treated with love and mercy and grace and encouragement. And so I assume that you also would want to experience those things, which means if that's if that's what I want, then maybe that's what I should offer. That's what I should offer, give into the world. That's what I want to see 
an experience from the people around me, then that's what I should give to the people around me. When we do these things, what it allows you to do is it allows you to put your head on your pillow at night and get a good night's rest, to sleep in peace, to sleep with this good conscience that your mind is not racing about all the things, about all the issues, about all the situations that you're dealing with, all the problems, all the hurt, all the frustration. How many of you have had trouble sleeping lately? Or how many of you have restless nights because you're worried about corona? You're worried about the state of the country. You're worried about politics. You're worried about finances. You're worried about, you're worried about the relationships with the people. You're worried about, well, what did my boss actually mean when he said that thing? You're worried about, you carry all this stuff with you. What the saying is, no, when you address these, when you take care of these, when they come, what it allows is, it allows you to have a sense of peace. You know, one of the things, I've mentioned this before, one of the things I do is I have a journal by my bed, a notebook, so that if stuff pops into my head, I dump it onto the notebook, and then I let the notebook worry about it for the night. And then if it's that important, I can pick it back up and take it with me. But in that moment, what I need more than anything is, is that good night's rest. And so I'm gonna do whatever I can to sleep in good conscience. So I'm gonna do this in my life, and then if something is still with me, I keep that thing beside my bed, write it down, and get it out, get it out, get it out. And this is the difference between what we talked about in the beginning as well is that like keeping an eye on things. This is not just making a list of all the ways we've messed up throughout the day. This is not only seeing what's wrong and thinking about how terrible I am. This is not that. This is I'm moving forward. I'm pursuing deep transformation in my life. This is the invitation to the kingdom heaven. The goal is out here. The goal is ahead of you. The goal is in front of you. And so if I find myself veering off the path, I want to course correct as quickly as possible so I can get back to the transformation. You know, it's like a little kid riding his bike. When first kids first learn to ride his bike, right, it's shaky. And it's back and forth and they're going all over the place. And here's the thing about a kid riding their bike. When they're getting a little shaky or they have a momentary, like, you know, a little shift to the left or right, like, they don't beat themselves up over it. They don't throw the bike down and say, I'm never gonna do this again. They keep riding and they keep riding and eventually they stabilize and they get to experience the wind blowing through their hair, the freedom and the beauty of a kid riding a bike. Yeah, this is, this is that. You keep pedaling, you keep moving forward. Yeah, you may adjust. You, you may get shaky along the way, but you adjust and you keep pedaling because it's in the pedaling and the practicing that you get better, that you grow, that you mature, that you begin to continue to transform. And in doing so, you stabilize that bike and you get to experience the freedom of Christ that you've actually been called to. So step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. You know what I cannot change? I cannot change the speed of the line at Tijuana Flats at lunch. I cannot change the waiting room, the lobby at the DMV. I cannot change a lot in my life. I cannot change the traffic. I cannot change the weather. I cannot change... There's a lot that I cannot change. Grant me the courage to change the things I can. I can change my response to the things that pop up on my radar. I can put air in the tires, metaphorically, figuratively, when my tires get low. I can change how I respond to my kids when they interrupt my bubble of peace. 
God, grant me the wisdom to know the difference. Will you guys say that prayer with me? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference.